Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Let's talk about baseball. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Happy Tuesday. I'm your host, Daniel Port. There may not have been a ton of games yesterday, but there was plenty of things to talk about. So let's dive right in, starting with the injury news and notes from yesterday's games. The Atlanta Braves announced that Kenley Jansen threw a bullpen Monday, according to Dave O'Brien of The Athletic. The Baltimore Orioles say that Kyle Bradish struck out five over three perfect innings on Saturday in his first rehab start for Double A Bowie. According to Jen McCaffrey of The Athletic, the Boston Red Sox have listed Rafael Devers as day-to-day with a back injury. He did not play on Monday, and we'll have to monitor his status for Tuesday. Garrett Whitlock, according to Alex Spire of the Boston Globe, is scheduled to make a rehab appearance with AA Portland on Tuesday as he attempts to come back from a hip injury. And Nathan Eovaldi struck out four and allowed two earned runs on five hits with no walks over three innings on Sunday in his rehab start with AAA Worcester. Yes, I did. Actually, nail Worcester. Thank God. The Colorado Rockies listed Chris Bryant as out on paternity leave, and Antonio Sensatella is scheduled to make a rehab start with AAA Albuquerque on Tuesday, according and Thomas Hardy of MLB.com. What Merrifield said Monday that he's dealing with a swelling and a bone bruise to a ligament and the toe on his right foot is hoping to return to the Kansas City lineup following the All-Star break, according to Lynn Worthy of the Kansas City Star. The Miami Marlins, according to Christina Day Nicola of MLB.com, announced that Jorge Soler will report to AA Pensacola on Tuesday to begin a rehab assignment. They also mentioned that Jesus Lazardo, coming back from a forearm injury, is scheduled to throw a two-inning live batting practice session on Tuesday, that Jazz Chisholm was able to play catch from 90 feet on Monday, and that Edward Cabrera tossed a two-inning live batting practice session on Monday as well. And also, Sixto Sanchez is expected to face hitters for the first time since March 2021 at some point this week. And lastly, according to Jordan McPherson of the Miami Herald, Khalil Watson hasn't played for single-A Jupiter since July 1st due to a disciplinary reason that's being handled internally by the Marlins. The Milwaukee Brewers, according to Sophia Minert of Valley Sports Wisconsin, announced that Freddie Peralta threw a bullpen session Friday, and he said that he felt good following that workout, so that's a good sign. The New York Mets, according to Mike Puma of the New York Post, that Jacob deGrom is scheduled to make a rehab start at AAA Syracuse on Thursday. They also mentioned, according to Anthony DeComo of MLB.com, that Salah Marte was out of the lineup on Monday versus Atlanta due to a groin injury. He is listed as day-to-day. We should know more coming up soon. Jeff McNeil is out on paternity leave. Dave Lennon of Newsday reports, that the Mets don't anticipate that James McCann will be ready to return from the 10-day injured list prior to the August 2nd trade deadline. The Oakland Athletics, according to Matt Kawahara, have listed Stephen Pascotti as day-to-day with a bruised left forearm. According to the Philadelphia Phillies, Alec Baum has been diagnosed with a left dislocated ring finger, according to Matt Gelb of The Athletic. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they have placed Brian Reynolds on the 10-day injured list for an undisclosed reason. I'm sure we will find out more today. The San Diego Padres have announced that Sung Kim is listed as day-to-day. He didn't play on Monday against the Rockies. He has a thumb injury. We'll have to monitor his status for today. 
For the Giants, Evan Longoria is expected to be given a rehab assignment on Thursday as he tries to come back from an oblique injury, according to Alex Pavlovic of the NBC Sports Bay Area. For the Cardinals, Tyler O'Neill yesterday took full batting practice and participated in throwing drills, according to Jeff Jones of the Belleville News Democrat, as he attempts to come back from a hamstring and wrist injuries. Brendan Donovan is day-to-day with an illness. He didn't play in yesterday's game, also according to Jeff Jones of the Belleville News Democrat. We'll have to monitor his status for today to see how he feels. For the Tampa Bay, according to Kevin Cash and Mark Tompkins of the Tampa Bay Times, Brendan Lau will remain on his rehab assignment at AAA Durham through Thursday before potentially being activated from the 60-day injured list ahead of Friday's game against the Orioles. And Wander Franco will undergo uh, wrist surgery to repair his handmate, also according to Mark Tompkins of the Tampa Bay Times. For the Texas Rangers, finally, Dane Dunning was placed on the 15-day injured list with an undisclosed injury as well. So that's the news and notes, but let's dive straight into the hitters that caught my eye yesterday. For the Royals, Bobby Witt Jr. had himself a heck of a day. They played two games, it's worth noting and he went six for nine in that doubleheader with two runs three rbis and three stolen bases over his last seven games he's at 433 of the 452 obp and a 600 slugging percentage he is absolutely demolishing the ball right now he has a home run over that time and four stolen bases Vinny pasquinito went four for seven in that doubleheader with two runs scored two rbis two walks and a home run he's been struggling to start off his major league career but over the last seven games he's at 269 with a 345 obp and a 423 slugging percentage with a home run keep an eye on him if he really starts hitting the ball and for power he's definitely well worth the pickup for the pirates kevin newman went three for five with a run scored and an rbi newman recently returned four games ago after having been out since april 26th and he has done nothing but hit since coming back since he's come back he has had seven hits that includes a double he scored two runs and two rbis obviously you're not going to get any power out of newman but if you're looking for help in the batting average department and maybe even someone to chalk in a few stolen bases kevin newman could be a great pickup diego castillo went two for four for the pirates with two RBIs. He's going to kill you in the batting average department, but if you're looking for some power, he has 10 home runs and 8 doubles in 74 games played. He's hit two home runs over his last seven games. For the Red Sox, Jaron Duran went one for five with a run in an RBI and a stolen base. That's his sixth stolen base of the season. And while he has been slumping pretty hard over his last seven or so games, hitting just 160 over that time period, he still stole two bases. And I love guys who, even when they're slumping, still find a way to contribute to your team. So uh, Duran's still available in quite a few leagues. Definitely go pick him up if he's out there. And finally, for the Red Sox, Rob Snyder went one for three with a run scored and a walk. He's not playing every day and is a career 237 hitter, which makes me doubt his current 338 batting average with a 413 OBP and a 544 slugging percentage on the season. But there are some interesting things out there. He's doubled his barrel percent all the way up to 14%, which is elite, from up from 7%. He's always hit the ball really hard, well over 40% every single year over the last three years, and he's hitting more to all fields than he has in the past. So it could be worth monitoring to see if that's a genuine change if he gets everyday playing time. For the Tampa Bay Rays, Yandy Diaz went 3-for-3 three three with three runs and three RBIs with two doubles over the last 30 games or so. It's been hard to find uh, a hotter hitter than Yandy Diaz in the league right now. As over his last 30 games, he's at 342 with a 408 OBP and a 468 slugging percentage. He's been especially hot over his last seven games as he's hit. 542 with a 586 OBP and 833 slugging percentage. I think you can't expect, no matter how big his muscles are, that Yanni Diaz is going to suddenly start hitting for the power we want him to. But if you're looking for some of the booster average, uh, hitting the heart of a, a very good Tampa Bay lineup and, and get you some runs and RBIs, I think you could do a lot worse than Yanni Diaz. Harold Ramirez has been pretty darn good recently as well. He went two for two with a run scored and two RBIs in this game. He's seen 330 on the season. He's a career 285 hitter, so it's not outrageous. But he does have a 379 OBP and a 4. 
452 slugging percentage. Over his last seven games, he's been red hot, hitting 393 with a 433 OBP and a 607 slugging percentage. That's not who Harold Ramirez is, but he can be a, a solid hitter for stretches. He's incredibly streaky. So if you wanted to pick him up, he is playing pretty much every day and trying to ride out that hot streak. I totally get it, but be ready to cut bait if he starts to struggle. For the White Sox, AJ Pollock went two for four with an RBI. And I have been a, a big proponent of AJ Pollock throughout this podcast when I've been hosting and nothing has changed. He struggled a little bit there towards the end of June, but he has gotten right back on track over his last seven games. He's at 300 with a 364 OBP and a 350 slugging percentage. He's a very potent White Sox lineup and is hitting well. So if you need that average bump, and maybe some RBIs. AJ Pollock could be a really good pickup there. For the Guardians, Fran Mel Reyes went three for four with two runs and an RBI, all uh, along with one of the most improbable stolen bases I think I've ever seen in my life. He's been fantastic. Over his last seven games, hit 300 with a 600 slugging percentage. He's got two home runs, three doubles, and 10 RBIs over that seven game period. He's still out there in a lot of leagues because a lot of people give up on him. I say go pick him up. Don't pay too much attention to that stolen base, though. That was more of the product of the pitcher not paying any attention to him at all. And he when he went to slide, in the second, he actually finished about like a foot short of the bag and still was somehow safe. Nolan Jones continues to just absolutely rip the ball since coming to the majors four games ago. He went two for three with a double, two runs, and four RBIs. He's hitting 538 since coming up with a 625 OBP and a 923 OPS. He's got a homer, two doubles, and eight RBIs in his first four games in the majors. He's your classic three true outcome hitter. Go pick him up if you need power or OBP. Miles Straw went two for four with three RBIs. Straw obviously struggled for a large chunk of the season, as you can see from his 211 batting average on the season. If he's giving you batting average, what else is he doing for you? But he is currently riding a six-game hitting streak with 10 hits over that time period, including a double. He's hitting more to the middle of the field and using some of the larger ballparks he plays in to his advantage. He's being much more aggressive earlier in counts, which is going to be huge for uh, him, as he is much better when he's hitting earlier in the count. I'd say monitor the streak closely, see if he continues to hit, because if he does, then he can be a really good source of average and stolen bases for your team. For the Cardinals, Dylan Carlson went 3 for 4 with a run, and he's actually been really hot lately. Over his last 30 games, he's hit 280 with a 364 OBP and a 484 slugging percentage. But over the last seven games, he's been even better, hitting 318 with a 348 OBP and a 318 slugging percentage. So while he isn't hitting for any power over that time period, he's definitely getting his hits. Corey Dickerson went two for three with a home run, two runs scored, and three RBIs as well. This is Dickerson's first game coming back for the Cardinals. He's been out with an injury for most of uh, June and July. He's struggled all year, but we also know who Corey Dickerson is and what he can do. He's going to hit for okay average, hit for some power and pop, give you some RBIs, but I do not necessarily recommend picking him up just yet. For the Mets, Brandon Nimmo went one for three with two runs and two walks with a double. I have been touting him as often as I can because I can't believe he's still not picked up in almost every league. He's still widely available. While he's only hitting 241 over his last seven games, he's gotten back to the Brandon Nimmo we truly know and love with a 353 OBP and a 517 slugging percentage. Go pick up Brandon Nimmo. For the Athletics, Ramon Laureano went two for five with two RBIs, a walk, and a home run. I, I said before, watch out for when Laureano gets hot. That's when we're going to want to go pick him up, and he is hot. Over his last seven games, he's got a 261 batting average with a 414 OBP and a 652 slugging percentage with three home runs. He's got three stolen bases on top of that over his last 15 games. He's just absolutely crushing the ball right now. This is the Ramon Laureano we've been waiting for. He's available in a majority of leagues. He is a must-roster player. Go pick him up right now. For the Rangers, Josh Smith went one for four 
with an RBI and a home run. It was the first home run of his career, and it honestly shouldn't have been, as it was an inside-the-park home run that was the result of a really terrible play in center field. And Nathaniel Lowe went two for three with two runs and a walk. He had a double. He's just awesome, and everyone should be picking him up in all of your leagues. He is just absolutely crushing the ball, hitting 308 with a 500 slug over his last seven games. Leody Tavares went three for four with two runs scored and three RBIs, two doubles. Interestingly enough, he's gotten going over his last 15 games, hitting 359 with a 350 OBP and a 590 slugging percentage with two home runs and two stolen bases over that time period. I'm skeptical, obviously, given his career track record. If nothing else, maybe there might be a hot streak to ride here for Leody Tavares. For the Padres, CJ Abrams went two for four with a run and three RBIs and a home run. We're starting to see what we've always wanted to see from CJ Abrams. He's hitting 412 with a 647 slugging percentage and a home run over his last seven games. That gives him four hits in his last two games, including that home run and a double. He has been a 142 WRC plus hitter in July with an 11.8 barrel rate. These are all things we want to see. You're not going to get a ton of power from him, but we'll start seeing the speed as he maybe hopefully starts stealing some bases. For the Giants, Wilmer Flores went two for four with a run in an RBI. We're not that far away from 2019-2020, where Flores was an 800-plus OPS hitter. Definitely should take a look at Wilmer Flores if he's available in your leagues. Brandon Bell went three for three, and he's had pretty sporadic playing time as they've tried to keep him healthy and put him in situations for him to succeed as much as possible. But when he plays, he's hit lately as he's hit 429 with 500 OBP and a 786 slugging percentage over his last seven games. He's been DHing and they've been finding him time there. So keep an eye on Belt, especially in OBP leagues, if he starts to get playing time. So those are the hitters that have caught my eye. Jumping into the pitchers, though, there were some very interesting pitchers as well. For the Tigers, Michael Pineda went 5.1 innings pitch, giving up seven hits, three runs, only two of them earned, and striking out two. He's been solid, if unspectacular, in his last three starts. He has not pitched over 5.1 innings in any of those starts, but also has to give up more than three runs in any of those starts. I think you're looking at that kind of higher floor, low ceiling type of starter that sometimes can be really useful in streaming. He gets the Guardians next. I would monitor how the Guardians are doing. If they're on a hot streak, scoring a lot of runs, I wouldn't start Pineda, but if they're struggling, I think he could be a good spot start there. For the Royals, Brad Keller went seven innings pitched, giving up one earned run, striking out eight walking one and giving up just three hits. He's the ultimate roller coaster pitcher and he has had a 365 ERA over his last seven starts. The troubling part though is to go with that he's also had a 1.32 whip. He's walked 14 hitters over his last 37 innings pitched. I just it's hard to trust him when that's the way he's pitching. He gets Toronto next. I'm certainly not starting him there. Keep an eye on Keller but do not go pick him up yet. Trevor Rogers for the Marlins went 5.1 innings pitched giving up six hits, three runs, two of them earned, uh, with three walks and seven strikeouts. Uh, this is the Trevor Rogers experience, it feels like, this year. The results aren't necessarily bad, uh, but you got to be concerned with the walks and the hits. That's nine, run uh, nine base runners and 5.1 innings pitched. It's not the potential dominance we expect and hope for out of Trevor Rogers, given his talent. So I'm still holding on Rogers because we know his talent is sky high, but I'm not necessarily encouraged by the start and would be cautious. He gets Philly next. So I certainly wouldn't be starting him in, in that game. For the Red Sox, Brian Bayo, when four innings pitched, gave up five earned runs with three walks and five strikeouts against the Rays. It's tough for any rookie to face the Rays, alone having to face them in back-to-back -back starts. They just seem to have his number. So I'm not giving up on some of Bayo's talent just yet, but I'm just going to have to cut down on the walks before I get excited to start him. He gets the Yankees next, so do not go pick him up for that start. For the White Sox, Lance Lynn went four innings against the Guardians, giving up eight runs with three strikeouts and two walks and nine hits. He was just awful in this start. 
consistently leaving pitches in the middle of the zone. You could tell he did not have his command and was not really locating pitches where he wanted to. And when you're primarily a fastball pitcher, that means they're going to get crushed. I know in previous podcast episodes, I have recommended holding on to Lance Lynn, but I do not blame you if you're going to cut bait after this one. I was not encouraged by it at all. We know the talent, but it might be a full year before he starts getting right given that knee injury. He gets Minnesota next. I'm certainly not starting him there as he just gave up five runs in his last start before this one to Minnesota. For the Guardians, Cal Quantrill went six innings, gave up four earned runs with three strikeouts, a walk, and eight hits. Uh, Quantrill's really struggled lately. He's had a 4.61 ERA in his last seven starts with a 1.46 whip. I think he's had some pitch mix issues right now. So they mentioned on the broadcast, it seems like he's really lost his feel for his changeup. He can't locate it. And that was a really big pitch for him last year and in the beginning of this year when he was pitching well. So we'll have to keep an eye and see if he gets that changeup back. But I think that's really hurt him. And I think he's being forced to rely then on his sinker a bit too much. And that is getting hit pretty hard too. So keep an eye on Quantrill. I'm not out on him, but I need to see him get that back. He gets Detroit next, so I totally get it if you want to start him there. I, I probably would. For the Rockies, Jose Urena went six innings pitched with two earned runs given up, three walks and three strikeouts and seven hits. He's been really good lately, but he's only made two starts this season. I mean, those starts were against the Dodgers and the Padres, and he's come away not just surviving, but pitching well against them. But I, I can't figure out why. He's not been a good pitcher for most of his career. And the only thing that's really changed here is he's throwing his changeup more often. And when he does, it's actually gotten hit pretty hard. So I, I don't know what is causing this other than just random luck. So I, I need to see way more before I believe it. I'm staying away from Urena for now, but keep an eye on him. For the Diamondbacks, Merrill Kelly was fantastic going seven innings pitched, giving up just two earned runs with two walks and four strikeouts, giving up just five hits as well. Over his last seven games has been just awesome. With a 298 ERA and 45 innings pitched over his last seven starts at .99 whip, he's just been really good. And he had that stretch in June into July where he really struggled, but he's come right back. He's had three straight quality starts, including one in Colorado and pitching twice against San Francisco. I definitely am all in on Merrill Kelly this year. I think he's been really great. He gets San Diego next, so I get if you want to sit him for that start, but I'm actually probably going to be starting him there. For the Giants, Alex Cobb went six innings pitched, giving up three earned runs, uh, walking four and striking out four, giving up six hits. Over his last seven games, he's had a 3.86 ERA, over 37.1 innings pitched. What gives, caused me concern is the 1.29 whip. He allowed 10 base runners in six innings, and the one before that, seven base runners in six innings. It's just, I really have a hard time trusting it when he's giving up that many hits. I'm not picking him up next because he gets Milwaukee. And so those are the hitters and the pitchers that, I, that caught my eye yesterday. Before we jump into what I'm looking forward to here on Tuesday, let's take a quick... Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Break. Welcome back. Let's check in with Mark Paquette for the weather. Well, thank you very much. I really don't have much to say here, but this is just an incredibly dry weather pattern across basically the entire 48 from Pacific Coast to the Atlantic Coast. Really not a heck of a lot going on, so I'm going to say 
play away and I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll, eh, I just said it. I'll talk to you tomorrow and we'll see if there's any rain on the, the horizon. Have a good one. Thank you, Mark. So now let's jump into Tuesday. It's going to be a fun day of baseball. So first off, the Guardians are playing a doubleheader against the White Sox. Things were getting a little feisty in yesterday's game. This should be a fun series. And we get to see in one of the games, we get Shane Bieber going in the first game. And we get Dylan Cease going in game two. I also am looking forward to the Mariners versus the Nationals. That's Chris Flexen going up against Josiah Gray. Those are two pitchers I'm always going to treat to watch and see how they do. So that should be a fun game. Chris Sale is making his major league debut this season going up against Corey Kluber. And Kluber is coming off of having just shut down the Red Sox in his last start. So I'm excited to see how those two pitchers do today. Drew Peterson is going up against Spencer Strider as the Mets face the Braves, and that's just two powerhouses going head-to-head. That's just going to be a really fun game. Everyone should be watching that one. Now, if we're talking hitters to stream today, take any Padres you can get your hands on against uh, the Rockies' Austin Gomber, any of the Giants against Dallas Keuchel, as we talked about Wilmer Flores earlier, or Brandon Belt if he plays. Those could be some guys to look at against Dallas Keuchel. Any Tigers against Chris Boob, as he has been also struggling all season long, and the Tigers are actually on a bit of a hot streak right now. As for some pitchers to stream, I mentioned Chris Flexen. I really like starting Chris Flexen against the Nationals, as their offense has not been overwhelming and Flexen usually represents while he's not going to get you an elite start he represents a pretty high floor and with that that's all of Tuesday's action thank you so much and have a great rest of your Tuesday and a great rest of your morning this has been the first pitch podcast brought to you by pitcherlist.com if you enjoyed today's episode rate us on iTunes follow us on Twitter at pitcherlist and help support what we do by joining our discord with pitcherlist plus at pitcherlist.com slash plus